I'm Adam Mustertiger, the publisher of BuffStampede.com. And today on the podcast, we're catching up with Forever Buff, Thaddeus Washington. Thaddeus is originally from New Orleans. He was at CU from 2002 to 2006. Those were the early days for me covering CU. Thaddeus, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to, to join us on the podcast. Oh, no problem, man. It's, it's a pleasure for sure. Before we start from the beginning and reminisce about your time at CU, first off, I know that you've made your way back to Colorado. You said you've been back about seven years. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about returning to, to the state of Colorado. Yeah, I, I, you know, the thing that kind of brought me back is really family. Um, I was having my first uh, daughter um, in 2011, and I thought, you know, Colorado would be a great place to really raise my daughter and, you know, for her to mature here. And also see, you know, a lot of great things here in Colorado. You know, we got a beautiful state here in Colorado. I love it. Um, and it's been great to me. So um, that's a big reason why I'm back and, you know, raising my family here. Yeah, you talk about raising your family, your daughter here in Colorado. What was it like for you growing up in Louisiana? Uh, in Louisiana, it's, you know, it's a high crime rate, high uh, poverty um, and a lot of, you know, kids just trying to survive, um, you know, coming out of Louisiana, um, it was just a, a huge shock when I came to Colorado, um, knowing that New Orleans was a big, you know, a state where, you know, a lot of my family members, you know, they worked um, constantly, blue collar family, um, also, you know, believed in God, you know, my grandfather had a, a church and uncles had churches as well. Um, and all we did was really work um, in every every day, you know, and, you know, they put on their hat, put on their shoes and, you know, got out and, and did their uh, nine to five um, every day. And, you know, growing up, you know, in the community and things like that, close in a community. But there was a lot of crime, um, a lot of times that, you know, a lot of friends, family, even myself at times went without, um, you know, sometimes without food, sometimes without you know, certain clothing. So, but, uh, you know, we made it, you know, so we survived. We, you know, and I was able to really get out of Louisiana and now, you know, see the world in a different way. When did you start playing football? I started playing football really. Um, I would say when I was about eight years old and, and, in um, the backyard, you know, with my brothers, uh, with, uh, my cousins and, you know, family, friends, um, throw up tackle. Um, you know, that was pretty physical for us. We was very physical kids. I uh, wanted to go out and, you know, make sure that, you know, no one was really more aggressive than we were, basically. So we we kind of built that, you know, toughness early at an early age. Were you better than your peers pretty much from the time you started playing football or was that kind of a process to get to that point? So, um I think for the most part at my position, I was a really, you know, uh, good player. Um, my brother um, who passed away in 2003 was probably one of the best athletes in our family. Um, and he was killed in Louisiana um, in 2003, but he was the best player. Um, but for us, my peers, um, nobody could really outwork me. Um, and I was more physical than anyone and I could run a little bit. So. Um, that really helped me. And uh, my focus was really great. My commitment to uh, football um, and my passion 
was way beyond a lot of folks. So, did your brother get a chance to play college ball at all, or did he not get that no, opportunity? He, he did not. Um, he played some basketball and some football um, at high school level, but didn't uh, move on uh, from there. So he actually passed away when you were at CU then, correct? Yes. Yep. Did, yep. Well, we'll get more into your time at CU, but just, you know, how hard was that dealing with that while you were, you know, off in college? Well, that was one of the, the tragic moments, I guess, in my life um, with losing my brother very close. Um my big brother that kind of taught me everything that, you know, I know. Um, and, you know, losing him early was, it, it, it destroyed me. Um, I didn't know how to really respond or how I was going to react to certain situations um, in life. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, family members, uncles and uh, close friends really kind of encouraged me to keep pushing forward. Um, it was almost close that I didn't come back actually to see you. I don't think many people know, knew that, but, uh, you know, I almost, you know, stayed back in Louisiana, but I knew that probably wasn't the best option um, to take at the time. Did you always play linebacker or when did that become your primary position? Um, I played uh, from running back, fullback and, and linebacker. So I did, you know, both sides of the ball in high school, um, you know, most of the times, you know, I ran the ball because no one could tackle me. I was bigger than everyone, stronger than everyone. Um, so, you know, too many people didn't want to tackle me at the time. I've heard a lot of coaches say they really like linebackers that have a past of playing running back. Did that kind of help your development as a linebacker, you know, playing the position of the guy that you're often trying to chase down? You really understand the angles that you have to take the path that they take, understand that too, you know, depending on what type of back they are, you know, they cut back or um, you, you got to know if they're a shifty back. So it helps to understand, you know, what they're going to do, how they're doing things on a consistent basis, just what type of player they are. And, and also the path of, you know, if you see a guard pulling or you see a tackle and a guard pulling, what play they're running, what direction they're going in. And now you can put yourself in position on where you kind of, you feeling it out. You having those inst uh, instincts where you now, you know, figuring out where the back is going to be as well. And it helps you get to the ball. You were a four-year letterman at John Errett High School, which also produced another CU grade, Cordell Stewart. Uh, you yeah. had over 400 tackles in your, your prep career. You were named district MVP as a senior. What stands out when you think back to those high school football days? Um, just being surrounded by a great, by great people, um, great people that um, wanted to support me, great people that showed um, a lot of love and, and always wanted to, you know, make sure that, you know, I'm developing as a, you know, in all phases, really, as a man, um, as a player, and in the classroom as well. Um, they did not, you know, they made, you know, they showed some tough love at times as well. But, you know, they always, always knew that they had my back and they was going to support me. You went through the recruiting process right before Rivals.com and Scout.com and 24-7 Sports had really taken off and gotten as popular as they are nowadays. Right. Uh, but, it, but if memory serves, you still had quite a few options coming out of high school. What, what was that whole recruiting process like for you? Um, my uh, recruiting process, um, 
I had LSU um, as one as well. I had Alabama, uh, Tennessee. I really liked Tennessee at the time as well. Um, also, I had USC um, with Coach Ogeron. He was one of the coaches that actually recruited me when he was there um, at USC during that time. And Colorado was big on me um, as well. So it was, you know, I never thought about really going to college, to be honest with you. You know, everyone in my family would just, you know, get up, you know, early in the morning and, you know, get ready for work and work that five to nine, you know, even in constructions or um, they did, you know, basically other things as well. But never thought I thought I would probably be working at a factory, to be honest. But, you know, God had a different plan for me and uh, I was able to really, you know, take a hold of that and and commit to um, the vision that um, I, over time, um, started seeing for myself. And, and believed in it. Um, and, and now, you know, I was able to accomplish um, some goals um, that I, I wanted to accomplish, the goals that I set um, for myself. So um, it was a great experience. Recruiting process was was awesome. Um, I didn't take many visits. Um, I came up to Colorado. I did go to Alabama during the summer because and Coach Billy Nart, uh, his uncle was the AD at the time, or assistant AD at the time in Alabama. So I visited during uh, that time uh, during the summer um, in my junior year. So um, and then um, LSU jumped on. Um, they had a player linebacker that came out of there um, that played at Shaw um, High School. And he went over to basically uh, LSU. But then Nick Saban came back to my uh, to my head coach and say, hey, um, I think, you know, Thaddeus Washington is the best player, you know, at his position coming out of Louisiana. Um, I was like, like the top five, fifth linebacker in the country at the time coming out of uh, high school. And, uh, you know, it was just a great experience. But, you know, I had already committed to Colorado during that time as well. And uh, I, I was stayed committed to my commitment that I made to Coach Wilson who is currently the defensive coordinator at Colorado now. He recruited me also with Vance Joseph, um, who's currently at um, whereas with the Cardinals. So it was a great experience, met great people during the process, and, you know, really enjoyed that time. A lot of high school players in Louisiana have LSU as a dream school. How difficult was it, even though it was later in the process, to turn that down? Were there some sleepless nights leading up to that that signing day when you signed with the Buffs? Well, well the, the, the biggest thing was for me um, is getting my, my all my needs met. Um, you know, I had a bunch of friends that, you know, actually went to LSU and um, I, I watched them play uh, year in and year out. Um, but two, you know, you know, when you look at it and you think about it, NFL is great, but it's not for long. Um, and a lot of those guys did make it. And I'm, I was able to have an opportunity there, too. Um, but also I was able to get an education at the University of Colorado. Um, everything that I needed for his resources, um, for his having taken extra time out that, you know, I needed at the time um, to be successful, uh, not just on the field, but you know, in the classroom, um, those resources was there. The support was there. And I thought that was the right decision for me. Uh, when I look back on it, you know, I would not change anything. Um, 
at this point. Um, where I'm at, I like where I'm at. I, I, I feel like I made a great choice. So, do you remember when in the recruiting calendar it was that you committed to Colorado? I want to say it was November something. It was against um, Nebraska. Um, that game where in 2002 or 2001, maybe, um, where Colorado put up 64 um, on Nebraska. Was it 64 or something like that? But it 62, was to, 62 to 36 was the final 62 score. 62 to 36. Yeah. So that was yeah. a great game to, to be a part of, to be there. Um, to see Colorado come out on top. Um, they was playing some really good football at the time. Um, and I really enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the people. Um, and Coach Burnett was, you know, he's second to none. He, he, he's great people. He's a great coach. Um, he, he knew what he needed to do to be successful um, and great manager uh, of game. But, you know, I find out later in life, you know, we have talked on several occasions as well, me and Coach Gary Burnett, and he's, he's just a, a good person. So, you know, you learn that kind of afterlife, you know, you know, the people that's in your life that stays around that you keep in contact with um, as you go, to, you know, on your journey. So was that your official visit? Your first time visiting Colorado was for that that weekend when they played Nebraska? Man, that was the first time I got on a plane. <laughs> so, uh yeah, so that was the first time uh, my official visit to Colorado um, that I came in. It was very, um, I, I would say, I wouldn't say I was anxious, uh, uh, but somewhat overwhelmed. But I took it all in and, and started to really enjoy myself, enjoy the people I was around. Um, you know, we had a really good recruiting class that year as well um, with a lot of guys that came in uh, with me. Um, but the biggest part that really, you know, thing that got me, you know, we was coming from really superior from the Omni, um, driving in to Boulder um, and seeing the Flatirons um, was just an awesome thing to see, man. It's a beautiful place, clean, great air. Um, it's nothing, nothing like the University of Colorado, man. I mean, you go and then you step on campus and then the beautiful buildings and you see the Flatirons from uh, the stadium. And the fans are just awesome, um, awesome fans. They've always been great to me, um, and I really, really appreciate that. And uh, go Buffs. Where were you at during that game? Where did they have the recruits sitting? Do you remember? Um, I think we was like on the 50, uh, right in back of the team. Um, and, yeah, I think that's the location we was in at the time. CU fans like to point to that game as the downfall of the Nebraska program because they never really were the same after that. Uh, right. You, you talked a little bit about what stood out about CU on that visit. Is there anything else you remember about that official visit? Uh, hopefully you didn't hit too much turbulence with that being your, your first plane flight. Uh, the thing that I really um, identify was they had a great offense, um, great offense that could run the football, uh, was very physical. At the point of contact, um, they had some play action going on as well uh, with the quarterback they had at the time. And they had chemistry. They had a lot of seniors on that team that jailed pretty well. Um, and two, I mean, defense wasn't too bad themselves. Um, they had a lot of top guys on defense that played, um, you know, at corner or in the front, uh, the defense as well. 
Um, so they had a bunch of seniors on both, really both sides of the ball or juniors um, that played their hearts out that game. And that's something that I love, the physicality of the game. Um, they played that game well, and I, I felt like I wanted to be a part of that. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the game of football, you know, it's, it's a physical sport. And when you don't play it in a physical way, it's sometimes it's kind of like, eh, you know, what type of game we're playing. I know a lot of offenses now are kind of open, spread offenses these days, you know, mostly, you know, 11 personnel, 10 personnel, you know, trying to, you know, just get the ball out um, quickly uh, with the RPO. But, uh, you know, I, I love the style um, that they played. I love the coaches um, and what they did um, in developing um, young men and uh, how they treated guys. I mean, that was, was good to see. Your high school sent a lot of really good players, a lot of places. It's still, a, you know, a program that produces a lot of talent. But with that Cordell Stewart connection, was that kind of nice to have coming from John Errett out to, to see you? Is that something well, that the coaches try to sell you on? Uh, definitely, most definitely. Um, I didn't really get to meet Cardell until later. I mean, Cardell was still playing at the time. You know, he was very busy. Um, but uh, I, I met him, you know, over time, he's a great person, um, very, you know, a guy that's going to really, you know, motivate you and encourage you to do your best. Um, and I talked to him while I was at Colorado quite a bit um, at times. And, uh, you know, he's always encouraging and, and, and you know, he kind of he's just straightforward, shoots you straight. Um, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. You mentioned that Chris Wilson and Vance Joseph were the primary recruiters for you. What were your early impressions of Brian Cabral? Well, Brian, uh, Brian is, is, was a good coach as well. Um, Brian definitely uh, was a mind guy. Um, he really knew how to kind of tick you off at times and kind of get you fired up. And uh, he did that a lot. Um, and, and it was good. You know, the mental piece of the game, you got to be really prepared. Um, um, and, and be strong mentally before you can go out and play a great game. Um, because, you know, there are times when, you know what, you're going to get your butt kicked sometime too, but what you're going to do when you get your butt kicked or when you get tired, which, you know, what's going to be next for you. Um, so he, he did a great job of really preparing me, you know, mentally um, for the game um, and really challenging me in that aspect. When you got out to Boulder and were a freshman, what was harder, the transition from high school football to college football or just the transition from coming out from Louisiana? You mentioned on your visit, that was your first time on a plane and just getting acclimated to the other stuff, the non-football stuff in Boulder. I think getting acclimated to everything, man. I mean, I was really, when I came there, I think I was there probably a month during the summer. Um Going into what, 2000, 2002, yeah, and not knowing too many people. Um, and I, I was very kind of to myself, quiet, isolated. So I didn't really uh, get out much. And uh, I wouldn't say that hurting me, but I, my social skills wasn't there uh, at that time. And uh, I knew I had a goal, though, too. I shouldn't say my social skills was not. Uh, there, but I had a goal. I had a purpose of being there, and my focus was just different um, than a lot of my teammates at the time. 
Um, and I, you know, I knew I, I didn't have much room for error as well. So I was there, I came in very focused. Um, I know things was going to be a little challenging for me due to, you know, just coming, coming to Colorado, you know, um, the atmosphere I was going to be in, it was different. The people was different. The altitude that kicked my butt, you know, daily, um, was different and, uh, I had to adjust and, uh, it, that that was the best thing for me um, at the time, really figuring out how to, to how to adjust um, to different things, different people, different environments. Um, and also, you know, when sometimes when you in the midst of everything, you don't see um, the good of it. So I was able to over time identify the good things of, you know, a boulder, the good things of, you know, relationship, cultivating relationships as well. And uh, really, you know, being a part of everything and buying in. So, during that adjustment period, you redshirted your first year on campus, but made a strong impression. Had a couple scout team defensive awards that year. What uh, was that tough uh, redshirting, or did you kind of embrace that opportunity to uh, be able to adjust to life in Boulder without, you know, kind of that extra added pressure of, of playing on game day? Well, you know, you coming in as a freshman, you 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 top, you was you know coming out coming out of high school, you're a top linebacker in your state, um, and, and you coming up to the University of Colorado, or you know any young kid coming to, they want to play right away, right? Um, they don't want to sit the bench, they don't want to sit behind anyone, and you know we had a lot of seniors that year um, as well, and you know I had to learn, you know it was a learning curve for me and really understanding what I needed to do, um, you know, off the field uh, more than even on the field. So um, it, it was a great moment to really kind of sit back and learn. But two, the other piece was like yeah, a knife was in my in my side. Like I can't get on the field. You're telling me I can't get on the field. I can't go out there and play. I can't go out there and compete. So, you know, I, I took another stance of really just going out and practicing and just, you know, getting better in practice every day. So that's the, the, the route I took. As a redshirt freshman, then you, you went out and had the lowest play to tackle ratio on the team. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of Nate Landman's first year with the buffs where you weren't playing every play, but when you were out there, you kind of made your presence known. Did it feel good to get out there and, and have that impact and, and play in those 11 games as a redshirt freshman? Um, redshirt. Yeah. It did. I mean, it definitely did. Um, just being able to get out there and, and show people what I can do. Um, and I, you know, feeling like I was the best, you know, you got it. When, you, when you're at the top echelon of, of Division One football, and I think Colorado at the time definitely was and still is, you know, they're still building. Um, and for as a player goes, going out, competing, you know, I, I'm the best thing here we got. So, and that's how I thought. You know, I was and I thought I probably should have played more, um, but, you know, I didn't. And that was OK. And uh, at the time, I probably didn't realize that, you know, it's OK. It's, it's OK to get in the game, get a few plays, get a feel for what you're doing. And now, you know, let's let's take a seat, watch some things that you may not know or what you can learn. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a struggle for me early in my career. But. I adjusted to that. 
you mentioned your brother's passing in 2003. Was that before your, your redshirt freshman season? What was kind of the, the timing of that? And, and you mentioned not, not being sure that you were going to come back to Colorado. Yeah, I was doing my, actually my redshirt year um, that that okay. took place. Um, I remember it, you know, just like yesterday, um, Vance Joseph actually, um, you know, he, he came to me and said, hey, man, I need to come. I need to talk with you. And I'm like, what, why do you need to talk to me? Like, what's going on? So he brought me into his office and kind of told me um, kind of what happened. I, I got really, you know, really upset and started, you know, really crying and uh, carrying on and things like that and kind of destroyed his office a little bit. So um, and then just had a conversation with Coach Burnett as well about everything and what they was going to do and get me back home and things like that. So it was an easy transition um, um, from that end, but getting back home and um, going to the funeral home and seeing my brother just laying there, I was kind of heart take, you know, um, like, it's like, the, you know, my heart was just taken out. Um, so, and, uh, you know, that, that was, that was a hard piece for me. And, and, and at times, you know, I still think about him still today, and, and, you know, and, but I know he's in a better place. So what, what helped you get through that, that tough time? Um, you know, just time, you know, time heals everything. Um, you know, you'll never forget, um, people that you surround yourself with. Um, also just, just working, um, you know, thinking about the things that me and my brother talked about the memories that we had and, you know, striving to, to, to get to that point where I'm accomplishing those goals. And, you know, I, I was able to do that. How often did you think about your brother, you know, as you were playing at CU and making plays? Uh, consistently. I mean, it's, it's something, you know, I already played with a chip on my shoulder, but I think I had even a bigger chip on my shoulder because, you know, I wanted to, embrace you know the situation I was in but also show give show him honor too on how I played and things on how I did things as well so you worked your way into a starting role at CU as a sophomore were named honorable mention all conference that season I uh, got a chance to play in the Houston Bowl what would you remember about that season we went we basically we we went down to Houston got off the plane and um First time eating Chick-fil-A. I remember that. <laughs> so I think Chick-fil-A had just came out doing that maybe that year. Um, and uh, just uh, busting out, going to the field. Um, I think I think we went to the same uh, – played at the same stadium that the Texans – was it the Texans at the time or the Oilers? Or, 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 I, I don't remember. But – that that was a great experience just to go out. You know, family came out uh, from Louisiana. Some of my um, teachers uh, from Louisiana came out and saw me play. Um, so that was a, really a great experience for me just to have family um, be around and friends come, you know, come out to Houston from Louisiana and, and come support me. And then uh, you were named co-defensive MVP in 2005, had another big individual season, played in the Champ Sports Bowl. But that was kind of a, a transition season, you know, with, with Gary Barnett getting fired at the end of it. Well, how difficult was that, uh, you know, 
Barnett, you've already talked and had kind words for him. I would imagine that was kind of a challenging time. You're having yeah. this individual success, but you know, the program's kind of been in, in flux at that point. Right. I mean, when you think about it, you know, Gary was, you know, like he was our leader, our, our fierce uh, leader. So um, he was the dad, you know, um, for us. And, you know, anytime, you know, families go through divorces and dad and moms split up, you know, it's kind of, it's tough, right? Because now that's the guy that you, you look to. Um, and when things get, you know, gets hard, um, things that you may have questions about at times, you know, or, you know, just the little jokes that you, 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 you have, um, those, those, that, those memories you miss, um, too. And, you know, you get into a groove of having a routine, um, on a consistent basis and, you know, having structure and you do things a certain way. And then you, you become, you know, it, you get used to it. Right. So then you don't have that anymore. The structure is, is, is destroyed. Um, the relationship is still there. Um, but you in a place where you're thinking like, why did this happen? Like, um, we was in a good place. We just had, I think we won, uh, maybe 10, did we went maybe 10 games that year? Um, or at least eight games that year, um, and put ourselves in a good position to play in, uh, um, the big game. So, and then, you know, after the huge loss to Texas, um, I know a lot of things went into coach being fired. Um, but at the same time, you know, he, he was a great coach, a great person. Um, he cared about the program, wanted to see the program succeed. And that's why he's still around now, um, because, you know, he understands one, he understands the business piece of it. I know it it was probably tough for him and his family and, and the team as well to see him go. And, you know, I can't say if that was the right, I, I, I know I, I want to say, was it the right decision or not? But I think if he would have stayed, we'd have had more success. Um, definitely um, at the University of Colorado. But, you know, it was his time and, you know, he had to figure out too what was next for him, what was next for his family and uh, kind of move on from this deal. So, um, you know, Gary, like I said, great, great person, great coach. You didn't have the transfer portal back then, and now there's this one-time transfer exemption where guys can move. You didn't have that, and you had already redshirted. Had you had that opportunity, do you think you might have ended your college career somewhere else, just given that your head coach, you know, had, had gotten relieved of his duties at CU? I think I would have. But then again, I think about it, I was like, probably wouldn't because now I wouldn't have experienced all the things that I did. So it, 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 could, it would have been a thought for sure um, because, you know, adjusting is, is not always easy, especially as a young kid. Um, but sometimes that's the best for you. And when kids understand sometimes going through the full process of going through the process, you learn a lot of things about yourself. You learn a lot of things about life. You learn a lot of things just about, you know, how you should be doing things. Um, and to um, just being accountable to everyone around you um, and, and being loyal and committed to them as well. 
Um, and I think I learned how to do a lot of those things during that transition period for Gary. And uh, I thought it was very uh, successful for me and my teammates um, to get on, you know, learn, just to learn, to adjust to the, the circumstances that we was in. Yeah, you had another 100-plus tackle season as a senior in 2006. A lot of close games. I think everybody looks back and sees a record that season. But, you know, you go down to Georgia and almost pull off an upset down there and a lot of other close games throughout that season. What do you remember about your senior campaign? Um, My senior year, um, you know, with a new coach, um, Dan Hawkins, um, it was, it was definitely different, um, different styles um, of coaching, um, something that I really had to get used to, um, and but a good person, too. Um, and uh, it's senior year was kind of up and down for me um, with some injuries uh, for myself and not playing as much as I wanted to at times. Um, Due to situations, um, but it, it was is the right. I I tried to go out the right way, and I thought I did that. So um, that that's all you can ask for in that situation. What are your favorite memories when you think about your time as a player at CU? Graduating from the University of Colorado that was huge for me, very huge for me and my family. Um, but also being re- being recognized by the fans. Um, that was great. Like that was a great thing and great feeling. Um, and just to be recognized and appreciated by the fans meant so much to me. Um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting emotional a little bit about that, but, uh, you know, the fans, you want to be able to give them what they, they want and, you know, the things that they want to see as well. Um, day in and day out. Um, and, and that's what I tried to do when I was at CU. We were talking about our favorite CU nicknames on a podcast a little while back, and I brought up Bad Thad. It's one of the better nicknames of the guys I've covered at CU. Did you right. have that nickname coming out to CU? When, when did you get the, the Bad Thad nickname? I think as my career went on and, and people really recognized you know, my style of play, um, physical play, being aggressive, you know, trying to just run through people, take their heads off, um, you know, send them home, you know. But uh, Bad Thad was like kind of, I think it's probably started probably my sophomore year, red shirt sophomore year. Um, and it was just more about my physicality and things that I, I did on the field for the most part. Um, and, you know, I, I embraced it, really. So who gave you the nickname the first time that, that it was said? Do you remember? I do not know that. I do not know that. I just heard a bunch of fans saying it. And, you know, I never knew who actually started all the, you know, the chaos. But uh, it was good. You had a, a stint with the Buffalo Bills, played in the CFL. Talk a little bit about what it was like, you know, trying your hand at professional football? Well, I, I really learned. I mean, I went into Buffalo with a broken foot. Um, I broke my foot in the hula bowl 
Um, it was a senior bowl, senior hula bowl, something like that. Um, broke my foot there. And, you know, that was probably the worst thing that ever happened. That was, you know, I had to have surgery. I never had surgery um, any time in my career. So that was the first in like major injury that I had um, during that time. And it was just going, I was just transitioning into um, the NFL. Um, and I was on, you know, a lot of folks board um, probably earlier, um, early rounds, you know, third or fourth round pick um, and end up going a free agent. Um, I learned, you know, earlier, you know, from the very moment that I stepped in a building, building uh, in Buffalo, that this is this truly a business. Um, and it's about, you know, staying healthy. Um, it's not so much about talent, but it's about staying healthy and also being able to contribute on uh, special teams. And a lot of those guys that was already there, um, you know, they had those relationships with the special team coach. They had those relationships um, with their position coaches. So when you have that piece in the NFL, you stay around a long time because, you know, you establish yourself and establish the relationships and that goes a long way. So it, it's not necessarily, you know, what I saw and guys that was playing at the time uh, was not necessarily about your talent, um, but it was about really um, the relationship piece of it um, and, and staying healthy. Obviously, horrible timing with your first major injury happening as you're trying to you know, begin a career professionally. Uh, I'd imagine that was a tough pill to swallow. Did, was there a point when you kind of got over the frustration of that and, and were able to, you know, not harbor negative feelings about kind of the way your football career ended? Well, I think, too, it, it took a while. It took a good two years for me to really get over that. And I had a lot of anger inside. And I don't know. I don't, you know, at the time it wasn't necessarily people didn't call it depression, but I guess it could have been depression at the time, because, you know, I just, I didn't operate how I was operating um, mentally and very frustrated about the whole process and knowing that, you know, some guys were still playing and I'm like, how is this guy still playing? Um, but then I go back and, you know, you know, when I'm being, when I was in a building in Buffalo, when I, you know, talking to other guys and, you know, it's, it, it was really about, you know, relationships and, and just staying healthy, you know, because I had the tools to play. Um, I had everything that I needed, but too, I had to stay on the field to be able to showcase that. And not often enough, I was on the field to be able to do that because of injuries. You've been back in Colorado now for seven years. What, what, Different twists and turns did did life hand you, or, or what kind of journey did you go on before returning to, to Colorado after you know hanging up your cleats? Well, once I, I hung up, I, I mean, I with in the NFL, um, I went to Edmonton and, and played for a little bit there, but then I tore up my hamstring, so I was kind of right back to point A again. Um, then I went to my mom and my brother was living in Georgia at the time. And um, I stayed there kind of working out, you know, was you know, still um, talking with my agent about getting back and into the NFL and things like that. 
Um, and then it really just kind of hit me. And I was like, you know what, baddies, you need to start like doing something. You do have a degree. Um, you need to start working. And uh, I did that. And I became um, I was an officer in, in a jail in a prison in Georgia. And then I stayed there probably a year. And I was like, man, this is the most horrible thing you can do. And then uh, I transitioned out of there and got into I started talking to Coach Barnett. Um, as well. And I went to the coaching convention. He was like, hey, you should go to the coaching convention, um, get into some football. I was like, I would love to do that. So um, Coach Burnett talked to uh, one of the coaches. He, he knows Ron Dickerson. Um, he coached at Temple University and Penn State and some other play, places, but had a lot of um, wealth of knowledge um, in football. And I went to Lambert University where Hugh, Hugh Freeze was there um, before he transitioned, you know, out to Arkansas um, State and, and other places that he he went. Um, but so I started coaching my own position, coaching linebackers there um, the first year. Um, and then after about a year and a half, kind of going into um, going into the fall or, yeah, going into the summer, really, um, the school decided to close their doors due to um, financial hardship at the time. So then Memphis went in to take over, but did not start an athletic program um, up again. So I was kind of, you know, right back at point A again, like ready to try to figure out how I'm adjust. So um, that's kind of where I was at that time. Now you're at Vista Peak. What's your day-to-day look like there? So um, also, so. Also, after that, I, I, I left out too. I was able to get back on my feet and I coached at Southern University on the Stump Mitchell um, in Louisiana, in uh, Baton Rouge, actually, and coached there for a year. And then, coach, you know, the coaching staff was let go. And then I, I got back here to Colorado in, in 2011. Sorry. Okay. Yep. No, you're good. What's life like for you at Vista Peak these days? So right now I'm at Vista Peak Exploratory. Um, so that's a P through eight. Um, I'm an admin or a dean in a dean position um, here at Vista Peak Exploratory, looking to become a principal um, here pretty soon as well. Um, but, uh, you know, and I'm a, the athletic director here. So I have probably 10 sports that I oversee here and I'm still coaching too. So I coach, you know, a lot too. And, you know, I'll be coaching football um, this year at uh, uh, Eagle Crest. Um, I'll be the the DC, the defensive coordinator um, at at Eagle Crest this year. And looking, I'm very excited about that opportunity, you know, playing um, against, you know, Cherry Creek, uh, playing against, some, you know, the better talent in Colorado, I would say, um, the the echelon of, of football in Colorado. So um, I'm looking forward to to doing that. And, uh, you know, I'm still, you know, looking to one day get back into college coaching, man. That's a passion for me or NFL or whatever. But uh, I really uh, enjoy what I'm doing right now. And I'm focused on, you know, where I'm at right now and then, Maybe someday I'll have that opportunity again. Awesome. Are there still some teammates you had from your time at CU that you keep in touch with? Yeah, I still uh, talk to a lot of guys still today. Um, 
you know, more social media than anything. But, you know, I'll talk to um, J.J. Billingsley at times. I'll talk to um, Terry Washington. I'll talk to uh, Lonzo. Um, I'll talk to Brian. He will Lauren uh, Vickers at times. Um, or we'll meet kind of I'll see him at games and things like that. Um, but, you know, I, I talk to him time to time. You've obviously got a lot going on. You're a busy guy. Have you had a chance to get up to, to see you at all to kind of keep an eye on, on things up there since you made it you back know, to Colorado? Yes. So just last summer, I, I went up there for a camp and um, and also met with Coastal Rail um, on a couple of occasions. So um, that was a good process. You know, um, that was a good situation for me, just being able to try to get back kind of involved in, in, in Colorado. Um, it's a great place to be. Um, you know, there's it's second to none, really. So just being able to have those conversations with those guys, see um, other players that's still around the program um, and, and and just really enjoy the moment. So um, I love being around the program um, and, you know, it's it's a great place. And just lastly here, Thaddeus, I'm just curious what it means to you to, to be, you know, we like to call guys like yourself that have been in the program and, you know, have that CU pride as a forever buff. Well, what does that mean to, to be a forever buff to you? Um, it's shoulder to shoulder. Um, it's, it's, it's having a bond with, you know, people from that came from all, uh, from all walks of life and building relationships and, um, really, you know, being committed to one, you know, your teammates, but also to the program and, and doing everything you can to help and support, um, you know, CU Buffs. And uh, it's it's a pride thing for me. I really enjoyed my time at CU when I was playing there. And, uh, you know, it, it always be a part of me. You know, it it's where everything kind of started, where I grew up and became a man. Um, and really learned how to adjust uh, in life. Um, so it, I hold that dearly and really close to my heart. Um, and, you know, that would always be a part of me and, and my family. Awesome, Thaddeus. Appreciate you for joining us. And uh, best of luck with everything there at Vista Peak and Eagle Crest. Yes, it sounds sir. like I need to get out there to an Eagle Crest game this fall. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I would love to, uh, to see you there. I would love to keep in contact with you as well and kind of figure out what you're doing, um, you know, in your process as well. So uh, let's keep in contact. Awesome. Sounds good. And uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in.